This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm your host, Dakota Arsenault, and today's episode is presented by Aesthetic Magazine. Well, the Oscar nominations are out, and everyone has had the chance to look over them, dissect them, figure out what they're happy about, what they're not happy about, all that exciting stuff. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, I had both Stephanie and Sammy on, and we broke down all the surprises, the snubs, our general reactions to not just the Oscar nominations themselves, but the storylines behind the scenes going on. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, please go back and listen to that. It's really insightful and we cover a lot of ground. Now, every year I take all the Best Picture nominees and make a podcast going over each film's chance of winning each of their nominations. So this is going to be a two-parter. Today, we're going to discuss four movies, and then on next week's episode, we're going to discuss the remaining five movies, and that will take us right to the edge of the Oscars, where there will be a prediction episode, and then, of course, a post-Oscars reaction to see how we felt about all the winners and losers and going on in the show itself. So, today's episode, we're going to be covering four Best Picture nominees, like I mentioned. They are Joker, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Little Women. Each one, I'm going to go through what they were nominated for and where they stand a chance to win each of their categories. So, without further ado, let's talk some Joker. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose to bring laughter and joy to the world. Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Joker has 11 nominations and leads the pack out of all the movies this year. They have Best Picture, Best Director for Todd Phillips, Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Score, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. That is a lot of categories to cover. And through these two episodes, there is definitely going to be some overlap, especially as far as the Best Picture category is concerned, because everyone is a Best Picture nominee. But there's going to be some overlap because, you know, all five Best Directors are here, and then uh, all the different movies have screenplay nominations, things like that. So bear with me a little bit, but I think it's important to really break down where these movies stand as far as their chances. Now, as far as that goes, I've broken it down into four subcategories. First off, we have a contender. So the probably number one or number two movies that have a chance to win each category. Then there's the Dark Horse, where they're not really likely to win, but you know, if things go their way, if the tides sort of start turning, then uh, they could potentially uh, see a way to victory, especially if there's vote splitting. And then we have the long shot category, which basically means that they really don't stand a chance, but, you know, either in a different year or if things really go their way where the movie ends up winning a ton of awards, then it stands a chance. 
And then lastly, just happy to be there, which is basically the bottom of the category. So for most of them, there's only five nominees. And so it's basically the the fourth or fifth place where it's like, hey, they can slap that label on top of their DVD Blu-ray release where they go, hey, this got nominated for X amount of awards, but you know, they didn't win them. So they're just happy to be there. And it really helps to add to their publicity. So Joker's first, like I said. First, we're going to talk about is Best Picture. There are nine nominees this year, and with 11 nominations, Joker absolutely needs to be considered uh, a strong favorite. Unfortunately, I don't think it's in the contender category because there's a couple more that are ahead of it that we are going to get to, but I think it's in that second category of a dark horse where things could definitely go right. With 11 nominations, it's got broad Academy support. The way things work for each of the categories to get the original nominations, your guild votes on it. So for the directors, the directors guild vote for it. For the acting awards, the actors vote for it. For the screenplay nominations, the writers vote for it, and so on and so forth. But for Best Picture, everyone votes for it. So you have the entire Academy, which is... 3,000 plus members, they are all allowed to vote for Best Picture, both in the initial nomination stage and again at the final Oscar stage. So the fact that it's got 11 nominations shows that it's got broad support between the different guilds, but it also, once again, because of that, has big Best Picture support as well. I don't think this is going to win, you know, it kind of came on strong and it seems to be this year's divisive movie where you need to have a feeling on it, whether it's strongly for or against, but uh, it looks like it's just not this year for the Joker. Next category is best director for Todd Phillips. He, I think is just the epitome of just happy to be there. A lot of people were sort of rooting for different directors to maybe get in that last slot, whether it was Greta Gerwig for Little Women or Lulu Wang for The Farewell, um, or even Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, or if you want to go some more obscure ones, you can look at uh, the different directors um, for some of the, the foreign language films or the international films, uh, which the main one that didn't get a nomination for director is Pain and Glory. Uh, so, you know, it, it's really all out there where I think Todd Phillips is, is definitely just happy to be there. This is a guy that made three Hangover movies, and I don't think anyone ever expected him to be here. I call it the Adam McKay syndrome. Um, where this you know adds to his resume. He's already made several of the highest-grossing R-rated movies of all time, and he can just put that shiny little star next to his resume of former Best Director nominee. He is not going to win by any shot. Even if this has a chance of winning Best Picture, I do not think uh, Todd Phillips has a chance to win. At most, it goes up to Long Shot or Dark Horse. Next up is Best Actor for Joaquin Phoenix. Now, Phoenix has never before won, despite being nominated several times. I think he's got four or five nominations in his past. And this year, looks like it is his year. Uh, actors seem to have loved him. He's is getting broad support across uh, not only the Academy Actors Guild, but also across the different award shows as a whole. The SAG Awards are huge. He won the Golden Globe, which is huge, and a few other things. So Joaquin Phoenix is definitely the guy to beat where unless something drastically changes in this next week or two as far as voting goes, 
this award is his. Uh, and I think it even helps that he's kind of been in the news again because Wendy Williams was making fun of him for having a cleft palate. And I think that's only going to grow his support. Walking Phoenix is probably up there for one of the best working actors today with someone like Daniel Day-Lewis, and he is long overdue of actually getting an Oscar. Next up, we have Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, once again, you know, this is sort of a just happy to be there where um, comic book movies still are, you know, trying to get the validity that they are wanting to get in, in the Oscars. It's kind of a tough one. You've had movies in the past like uh, Black Panther, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, which have gotten um, Oscar nominations outside of the visual effects categories. And this is a big, huge leap for comic book movies as a whole, but I still don't think that this is going to win when the adapted screenplay category is so strong. You look at some of the other nominees in this category, and you've got The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and The Two Popes, all of which are very strong and look to be much better, bigger contenders than Joker is. Up next is Cinematography. Um, Joker looked nice. It was very dark at points and a little bit hard to see, and it sort of looked a little bit too much like some of Martin Scorsese's earlier works, whether it's King of Comedy or Taxi Driver, things like that. And so I think the homages were a little too heavy-handed, which is a little bit ironic considering my love for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and that's basically Quentin Tarantino's entire career is homages. Um, but unfortunately, I do not think that this is going to propel it to win. It's got some real tough uh, goes against it. Um, including The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and depending on your thoughts on The Irishman. Uh, so this is just happy to be there. Up next is Best Costume Design, which you're going to hear me say this a couple more times. Looks like it's just happy to be there. I think they're very interesting, but I don't think the costume design in Joker does enough to differentiate itself from, say, some of the work in The Dark Knight where the Joker was there. Um and especially considering where it's up against where there's much more colorful, bright, vibrant costumes. The Academy usually prefers traditional um, period pieces, but this year there isn't quite that. You know, they like the Elizabethan costume dramas and, and the like. I'd say, you know, Little Women looks to be that sort of film, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but that's the, the, the biggest period piece in this. I know this Joker doesn't quite take place in modern times, even though it's kind of a little bit hard to tell exactly uh, what era it's going for, so it's got a little bit of a retro feel to it while still being modern. Unfortunately, that's not enough to win it, and the Joker doesn't have an iconic enough outfit to really cement that place. Next up, we have Best Film Editing. Now, I think this is actually a bit higher than just happy to be there, but I would still put that in the long shot category. Editing has, in the past, been key to a Best Picture win, and the fact that some of the key frontrunners for Best Picture didn't get in this category should be a knock against them, but when it's up against Ford versus Ferrari and Jojo Rabbit, 
uh, it doesn't really look like it's the real precursor that you need. So I, I don't think that this is going to win. I think possibly Parasite or The Irishman are going to win film editing, and Joker is a bit of a long shot, but it could be if they win this one, it's definitely a good precursor for Joker actually winning, and you know maybe the traditional stats are accurate for that. Best makeup and hairstyling. I, I have a tricky place of where to maybe put this where you can either look at what they did with Joaquin Phoenix and say that yes he should be a dark horse or contender for the makeup but on the other hand there are some some tougher ones this is the first year that they've expanded the category from three films to five and they've got two really really strong uh, competition Films competing against Joker in both Bombshell and Judy. And I don't think that this does enough to truly separate it from those two, because then you also have something like Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, which we're not going to talk about otherwise on the podcast, other than this category, because it's the only nomination got where it's got the the similar aspect of the other two that I mentioned as the front runners, but also the this sort of playfulness going on. So this is uh, just happy to be there. Coming up next is Best Score. Now, this is probably the only other award that I really see it going for and being a contender for. It won the Golden Globe, and it's a fantastic score. It's one that uh, I keep hearing in my head and I keep hearing other people talk about, which is really interesting. It's probably the best aspect of the movie after Joaquin Phoenix's performance and it would be a a pretty worthy winner if it does end up actually uh, hearing its name called at the end of the day you know you can look at something like Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker John Williams getting his 100 millionth nomination but he hasn't really won that much and this could be sort of his farewell to the Star Trek franchise. It'd be interesting to see if he ends up getting it, but uh, I don't really know. Marriage Story, I feel, is a little bit too sparse. I'll be talking about that on next week's episode. Little Women is is whimsical and playful, and it's interesting. In 1917, I really like as well, but it it's sort of simmering in the background for most of it, whereas Joker seems to have one of the most overt scores while still not being too in your face about it. I really think this one's going to win. And then lastly, I'm going to combine the best sound editing and sound mixing because for the most part, the winner usually goes hand in hand. I know there's been a couple years where they don't, but you look at that, the, the history and the trends of it, and they're probably going to be together. I would consider Joker to be a bit of a dark horse. I, they're, they're probably halfway between dark horse and long shot. And I would say that it's probably closer to the Dark Horse category because much like the score, it's very interesting and there's a lot of great sound work going on into this movie. Um, it's probably got some the stiffest competition from Ford versus Ferrari in 1917, uh, but I can see it being in there. So, you know, if it wins these in Best Film Editing and Score and Actor, then, you know, you're looking at... An, it's a way to winning best picture. And that seems to be the most obvious route for it to take. Now, looking at all of that, that means that I've basically got two pretty sure that I'm going to win on with maybe another two 
as dark horses with a third being best picture um but i would i would look at joker maybe going two for 11 on the night and, and that's what it's going to take away which i think is still a, a pretty good trend it'd be interesting the fact that uh someone playing the joker will have won two oscars which will be the third time that two different people have won an award for playing the same role. Uh, Previously, Heath Ledger won for his turn in The Dark Knight way back when. Hey, my friend. I got that kid I was talking to you about here. I'm going to put him on the phone and let you talk to him, okay? Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Glad to meet you. Glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. Our friend speaks very highly of you. Thank you. Only three people in the world have one of these. And only one of them is Irish. I heard you paint houses. Next, we have The Irishman. It has 10 nominations, tied for second with a few other movies for the second most nominations. And they are Best Picture, Best Director for Martin Scorsese, Best Supporting Actor for Al Pacino, Best Supporting Actor for Joe Pesci, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, and Best Visual Effects. So The Irishman is a Netflix movie, and it's not going to be the last time you hear me say that over these next two episodes. Um, And it's Scorsese's three-and-a-half-hour magnum opus to the gangster genre film that he helped cement and put out some of the greatest all-time gangster films with Goodfellas and Casino, and this is his return and supposedly retirement of the genre. The first category is Best Picture, and much like Joker, I would say it's a bit of a dark horse. At the beginning of Oscar season, it seemed like it was the real front runner, especially when reviews were coming out for it. And since other movies have sort of been coming out, it's been losing a little bit of steam. I think its length has something to do with it, and the fact that it didn't get a nomination for Robert De Niro, who is the star of the movie and is in basically every single scene, is a bit telling that maybe people aren't in as much love with it as people thought they were way back when. Um, so this is in the dark horse category where I probably put um, in the same tier as Joker. And then I've got three other movies that I'll be talking about later on that I think are the real contenders. Uh, so there is a path for it to take and it mostly involves sweeping most of its other categories, uh, but there is a method to get there. Next up is Best Director from Martin Scorsese. Scorsese won his whole career with a never winning an Oscar despite making some of the greatest films in American cinema history, and then he finally won for The Departed back in the 2000s. And it was sort of seen as a congrats on your career achievement. I legitimately believe that he deserved to win that one, and that is probably my favorite Scorsese movie ever, and so I was very happy, and I don't think it takes anything away from that film or that award. Now, like I said, with the Best Picture category, if The Irishman wins several, including Best Best Director, it stands a chance to win Best Picture. I'd put 
Scorsese in the dark horse category where there's probably two or three ahead of them. They're the same as the best picture nominees. And uh, so that makes them kind of a little bit trickier to, to get there. Uh, and I don't really know if it really stands a super strong shot, but there is a way because the Academy does actually quite like Martin Scorsese and it could be seen as another Bon Voyage Oscar for him. And then we've got the two Best Supporting Actor nominations, first for Al Pacino and then second for Joe Pesci. They were both highlights of the movie for me. Pesci probably more so than Pacino, but I have heard the opposite, so it really can go either way. Unfortunately, the fact that there's two of them in the same category almost assuredly means that neither of them will win because they will siphon off votes from each other. And that is a bit of a disappointment, but there's also such a strong front runner in Brad Pitt that you don't really know. And then, of course, Tom Hanks, who hasn't been nominated for an Oscar in 19 years uh, and hasn't won for an even longer amount of time, is kind of crazy. So the two of them could definitely sort of come up and, and steal either of those awards. If I were to pick one between the two of them of who is more likely... It's so difficult. Maybe, you know, I was going to say Pacino, but then I was like, no, it's probably Pesci. So, you know, I, I can't even decide. So let me know if you think there is a winner between the two of them. If it was to happen, who would it be? Uh, I think the supporting actor usually comes fairly early on in the night. And I think if one of them win, it is uh, basically a lock that the Irishman is going to be doing very well that night. Then the next category is Best Adapted Screenplay. It's based on a book called I Heard You Paint Houses, uh, which is a euphemism for uh, killing people and cleaning up the crime scene in the mob, um, which is an interesting title. I would uh, I would put this as a bit of a dark horse category um, where, you know, maybe there is a, a route for it to take, and I'm, I'm curious to see where it might go. I know a lot of people really enjoyed the script. Um and, and that sort of bodes well for its chances. I don't think it's contingent on it winning other awards. And the screenplays are also often given to the consolation prize for not winning Best Picture. So if that's the case, maybe they want to award them the, the, the screenplay nomination instead of Best Picture. I can totally understand where they're coming from for that. Um but much like Joker, this is this is definitely a very strong category. Both screenplay categories this year, I think, are, are tremendously strong and not a real front runner. But also, neither category really have the the more obscure movies where their screenplay is the congratulations for making it to the Oscars without anything else. Something like The Farewell, I'm thinking of. The next category is best cinematography. I wasn't super high on, on the cinematography for this movie. Uh, it mostly has to do with something that I'm going to talk about later where it's a stronger facet of the film, but it's just so-so. It's a bit of a long shot for me. Um, we we talked about the, the cinematography in Joker, and so there, there's a lot of strong films I think it's probably going to come down to 1917 or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but The Irishman could definitely sneak in where, much like Pitcher and Director, this is one where it'll probably win if it's going to sweep up a bunch of things. Best Costume Design. This 
this nomination actually quite baffles me because I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't think the costumes are unique enough or showy enough to really get in here. Uh, this is a just happy to be there for me. I'm, I'm wondering why something like Rocketman didn't end up making the cut. This isn't a true period piece, even though it does take place in the past. And it's just... Ugh, a lot of guys in suits for the most part. Um, so there, there's really no chance this movie wins Best Costume Design in the slightest. Next up is Best Film Editing. So like I mentioned with Joker, normally there is uh, a similarity where you win Best Film Editing to win Best Picture. But I could see this winning Best Film Editing due to the fact that it does a lot of time jumping and that's not something that's completely unique to movies happening this year, but it really is the one that happens the most in this category. It's up against uh, Ford versus Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. And uh, and I think because 1917 didn't get a nomination, which I assumed would have been a front runner, this is probably going to win um, for this, and it's not going to uh, coordinate with the Best Picture win. Up next is Best Production Design. Much like costume design, I'm pretty baffled as to why this is here. Production design has to do with the different sets and things like that. And there's a couple interesting ones, but like it mostly is taking place in people's homes and restaurants and, and things like that. And it's it's not that special to me. It's up against Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And yeah, I... I think the Academy was sort of just like giving out nominations like candy to certain films and certain categories. And I think this is one of them for the Irishman where it's not really deserved in my opinion. And lastly, there's best visual effects. This seems to be the biggest lock in the past. The visual effects category usually goes to a blockbuster type movie, a tentpole summer film action superhero, that sort of thing. But the fact that the Irishman has several of its characters age from their, I'm guessing, early 30s up until their 80s or 90s is absolutely wild. And getting to see the changes in Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino and a few other uh, the supporting characters in it as well, getting to see them what we remember them looking like when they were young and what they're kind of looking like now, but a little bit worse for wear is so interesting to see. And it's just such a time trip. It's like you're, you're watching um, Robert De Niro in the Godfather part two again, when he uh, is such a young man early on in his career. So I really think that this is going to win for best visual effects. It's a little bit uncanny Valley at times. And despite their faces looking so much younger, Unfortunately, that doesn't make their performances better. And as someone who isn't as high on the Irishman, Robert De Niro still walks around like an old man, even though he's supposed to be 30 years old. And I, I get that's tough where you can't really completely change the way you walk and move and the way you carry your weight. But uh, it definitely kind of takes you out of the moment a little bit. But it's still a very fascinating thing. And Scorsese and his team did a great job with the visual effects. They're up against Avengers Endgame, The Lion King 1917, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I still haven't seen all of these yet, so it's sort of tough. So basing it just on sort of trailers and what clips I have seen, I do think The Irishman is going to be the one that wins it. 
So based on all that, I think the Irishman is going to for sure walk away with two Oscars. And then they're probably going to be in contention for anywhere from two to three more. And unless they are, you know, absolutely going to sweep, then they can maybe win up to about five or six. But really, let's lock in the Irishman for two. Today, you boys will be involved in such activities as four games. Ambush techniques, them blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. When I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. Kids, it's time to burn some books. Up next, we have Jojo Rabbit, and it has six nominations, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress for Scarlett Johansson. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Production Design. I was so much higher on Jojo Rabbit than a lot of critics are and fans of the Oscars who were a little bit baffled by its inclusion in the Best Picture category. I really love Taika Waititi's film. It's a great little one. Um, And I totally get where he is coming from and what story he is trying to tell. Unfortunately... You know, this category of best picture is so tough this year. You've got about three real front runners. You've got about two more that are dark horses. And then the rest are sort of just happy to be there. I don't think there are any long shots for this, just because I've kind of grouped so many as the contender category. So Jojo Rabbit, unfortunately, is just happy to be there, um, which is a bit of a shame, I, I think, because of its kind of a comedy works against it as well because the academy usually prefers more serious films and and this anti-hate satire where a little boy has uh adolf hitler as his imaginary best friend just isn't gonna cut it Uh, i'd love to see a route but there there really is no one that i can see Next up is Best Supporting Actress for Scarlett Johansson. Now, this is an interesting thing because Scarlett Johansson has two nominations this year. She's got a lead actress nomination for Marriage Story, which we're going to talk about next week. And then she's got this one for Supporting Actress. She became, I believe, the 11th person in history to get two acting nominations in the same year. And, you know, for the most part, actors normally win one of them. Unfortunately, it seems like all of the acting categories... Uh, are almost locks at this point where supporting actresses is led by Laura Dern. But if there was, you know, the Academy believing that Laura Dern doesn't have enough screen time, they want someone with a little bit more screen time. I think Scarlett Johansson in this film might fit the category. And it might also be where people want to vote for a different actress, but supporting actress decide to shift their votes to her as a support, as a sort of, uh, congratulations for both movies sort of thing. So there is a bit of a route where it can take. She's probably Dark Horse in the truest sense where it really looks like it's going to be Dern, but uh, I would put Johansson as the second most likely person to get a win because the other three are are so much further than everyone else. It's only going to come down to the two of them. Um, the, the rest of the nominees are Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell. Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. The next category is Best Costume Design. This is interesting because it's a war movie and stuff like that sort of does play well and there's some interesting 
stuff going on with the different Nazi uniforms. And then of course the civilian people in the film. Um, but I, I'm not too sure if this is a, a real contender or dark horse or not. I I'm categorizing this as a long shot, but because it's a bit of a period piece, I can see how it maybe sneaks in a little bit. It's the costume design this year is probably the hardest that it's ever going to be because you've got a couple that seem like they could win it. And then some that don't look like they can win it, but then all of this can just be sort of turned on its head at the end of the day. So I really don't know. Um, I put this as a long shot. I wouldn't really bet any money on it. Up next is best film editing. This is also a, a just happy to be there along with best picture. If we're saying that editing and picture go hand in hand, they're going hand in hand home alone, unfortunately. Um, I don't think the editing does enough to really set itself apart. There's not time jumping like the Irishman. There's not uh, mixing in the, the racing footage like Ford versus Ferrari. There's not the, the suspense nature of something like Parasite or even Joker. So this is probably the least likely film to win the best film editing category. And lastly is best production design. I think this is a bit of a long shot, um, higher than just happy to be there. Uh, I, I quite like what they were doing, especially at the beginning where they're at the the camp where it has a bit of a, a Moonrise Kingdom vibe going on. Um, and there's some, some interesting things with that. But uh, it's a bit of a tough category, and I just don't think that Jojo Rabbit has the support that it needs to come through and win this category. So looking at all that, Jojo Rabbit is likely going to go home empty-handed. If they were to win anything, they have a chance, a super long shot of both the supporting actress and adapted screenplay. It would be interesting to see if they win maybe one of them, but I, I just, I just don't know. And so I would probably not put any money on Jojo Rabbit. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe, to be a famous writer? Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. The last movie we're going to talk about is Little Women by Greta Gerwig. It's her adaptation. I believe there's been seven or something different adaptations over the years, probably even more because there's been TV movies and miniseries and things like that. But they've got six nominations for this, including Best Picture, Best Actress for Saoirse Ronan, Best Supporting Actress for Florence Pugh, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Costume Design, and Best Score. So as far as Best Picture goes, much like Jojo Rabbit, it's sort of a just happy to be there. I wish this movie was getting a little bit more support, but I think it's a little bit too light in nature for it to truly garner the sort of attention that the Academy likes in its Best Picture winners to have. In my opinion, it would be a very worthy winner. It would probably be the most low-key winner, though, in, in recent memory. Uh, there really isn't much of a path for Little Women to, to come through and win at all. Up next is Best Actress for Saoirse Ronan. She might be Hollywood's busiest actress as far as the Oscars. I think this is her fourth or fifth nomination overall. She is yet to win. And so it might sort of be seen as finally welcome to the club sort of aspect. She does fall behind um, 
uh, two very strong contenders in Renee Zellweger for Judy and Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. But Saoirse Ronan can definitely sneak in. I'm calling her a long shot, but there is a way where uh, if if Renee Zellweger doesn't have as much support as we genuinely think because the movie overall isn't as well liked, the fact that that only got two nominations sort of speaks to that a little bit, but there's been no shortage of acting winners where they only have one or two nominations across the entire board. So we shouldn't count out Zellweger yet. As far as Ronan, I can't wait for her to finally win because I, I believe she truly deserves it, but it looks like this year might not be it. Best Supporting Actress for Florence Pugh. I am so happy about this. I wanted it her to get this nomination, and I'm so happy. She's just cropped up over a, a couple movies over the last couple of years and really risen her stock. She was in Midsommar earlier this year. Uh, she's rising very quickly with a name that I think a lot of people are going to know even more by next year. She's super adorable in this film, and I think she has the biggest growth of all four of the actors in the main roles as in the four sisters. Um, she starts out so innocent and naive and kind of bratty, and then she is the one that sort of realizes the the life she needs to make for herself and what sort of sacrifices she needs to make in order to live comfortably as a woman in this era and she does a great job really showcasing the different personalities that she goes through and so i'd love for her to win but unfortunately i think she's just happy to be there i think this is going to be the first time a lot of people are recognizing the name but it's not going to be the last time that she shows up at the oscars in my humble opinion up next, we've got Best Adapted Screenplay. I think Greta Gerwig did a fantastic job with this script. She changed it around slightly from the actual novel. She shifted the timing around, and so it's more intercutting between old and new portions of the story that they're telling. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult to keep track, but I didn't really find that, but I've heard that as, as criticisms. I think she did a great job. It's, it's light and funny, but also serious and made me emotional at several points. Uh, so I would love to see this win. And I, and I think it's a true contender for adapting what was a story that people thought didn't really need to be adapted for the screen anymore, but she did a great job making it ever present in talking about the issues that women are going through today and looking at its nominees, its fellow nominees, the Irishman, Jojo rabbit, Joker, and the two popes. I think it stands as the best shot because it's got broad appeal. And also at the same time, uh, a really strong original script with a strong adaptation. Next up is Best Costume Design. I mentioned uh, a few times already about this idea that you need to have uh, a bit of a period piece in order to do well at the Oscars, and I think this is the period piece film that is likely going to win at the Oscars. Because, like I said, you look at the other nominees and it's it's tough. There isn't, there's no big costume Elizabethan uh one to compete against the Irishman. It's a bunch of suits, Jojo rabbit. It's a bunch of, you know, mostly Nazi uniforms and things like that. Joker. It's very casual clothes for the most part. Uh, and then once upon a time in Hollywood, I think also does some really interesting costume work too, to set the different people apart from their sort of cast system. Uh, but little women, I think does the best, especially being bright, colorful, having a color palette for each of the girls and, and so forth. So it looks like it's going to win for this. 
Lastly, the last nomination that Little Women has is for Best Score. I quite liked it. It's much more lighter and whimsical score, which is not something the Academy typically rewards with a win. So I think they're sort of just happy to be there and not really a strong contender, especially when they've got uh, Joker up against it, which was a much stronger one. And and even something like 1917, I'd say, is a much stronger uh, score as well. So looking at that, out of the six nominations, Little Women is likely to win two of them, with maybe, maybe, maybe a third being Best Actress, although I really would not put money on it. So they're likely to win one or two as their main bet. Well, there you have it. That is the first four Best Picture nominated films as we broke down all of the nominations that they all received. Now, make sure you stay tuned for next week because the final five films are going to be discussed and going down the same breakdown and seeing what are the likely ones. Hopefully this helps you with your Oscar pools if you're doing that. Tell me what you think of the odds for Joker, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, and Little Women to win their awards. What are you thinking? Am I completely off base or not? I'd love to get your feedback. Send me an email, contrazoompod at gmail.com. I'm also on all the social medias. You can find me Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at ContraZoomPod. Uh, I want to thank Eric and Kevin Smale for the theme music and Stephanie Pryor for the graphic. And special thanks to Aesthetic Magazine for presenting the show. Our Oscar coverage continues throughout the month of February and January. Uh, so please make sure you are subscribed wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, or anywhere else that might be. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you.